The world is more complex than ever. Who can make sense of it? Join Reverend Michael Angley Oguche on NUMA Podcast each week as he shows you how God's Word connects directly to your life in this age and helps you navigate trials and tribulations. If you want to deepen your relationship with God and learn what He has in store for you, listen and subscribe to NUMA Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Just search for NUMA Podcast. Hello and welcome to NUMA Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche, bringing your way today the inspired Word of God, and I hope you will be blessed. Thank you for joining this podcast. The reading today is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 1 to 20. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you today for another privilege to be able to bring your word to the world. I ask, O God, for inspiration today as I bring your word. I ask, O Lord, that as many that will listen to the sound of my voice will be blessed. And Father God, that many will come to know who you are. And that many will also come to know their defining moments. 
to become profitable in your kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The title of today's podcast is Paul's Defining Moment. Paul's Defining Moment. In his journal for the 24th of May, 1738, John Wesley, founder of the Methodist Church, wrote of his Aldersgate experience. In the evening, I went very unwillingly to a society in Aldersgate Street in London, where one was reading Luther's preface to the epistle to the Romans. About a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation, and an assurance was giving me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the lore of sin and death. Argument on what exactly that experience was for John Wesley has been sustained in several quarters as to whether the Aldersgate rendition was a call from God or was it a conversion experience. Whatever premises of the argument you stand, one thing is clear from this journal that it was undoubtedly a defining moment at least for the Reverend John Wesley. In our fast-track and busy society, it is hard to pay attention to what God is saying or to find time to be alone in prayer with God, engage with God through the Bible, and yet we seem to wake up each morning with Messiah Complex. We plan outreaches without stopping to ask God if that is what he wants us to do. And if this assertion of mine are incorrect, then please answer this simple question. When was the last time God got your attention? And if your answer is confirmatory, was the experience memorable? Most people are familiar with the story of a guy called Saul, who was also a Pharisee. Saul was an enthusiastic persecutor of Christian believers. In fact, he could be aptly described in contemporary terms as a terrorist and a licensed killer in the name of religion. Does this sound familiar? This was evident in his active participation in the crude execution of Stephen, one of the seven Dickens who became the first Christian martyr. But all this for Saul was going to change and be transformed so as to conform to the way of Jesus Christ for the rest of his life. The crux of our text today is Saul's defining moment on the dusty road to Damascus to terrorize and forcefully convert the Christians wherever possible. This, however, didn't happen because of God's intervention. 
His experience was so dramatic rather than process. In a twinkling of an eye, everything changed. This clearly demonstrates to us that our Messiah complexes are useless because God does not need a sanctuary or an individual or a team of people to change the word or to carry out his work in the heart of anyone. Yet, God chooses to cherry pick you and me to fulfill this mandate. And that is why we must consider this calling a great privilege and not a right. It is important to note that while not all of us had the honor of being literally knocked off our horses and blinded by astronomic brightness in our conversion experience or our calling as we go from day to day, week to week, without any form of special encounter potent enough to alter the trajectory of our lives, we still have to understand that the story of Saul is significant for us and is capable of transforming us from the oppressor to the disciple of Jesus Christ. If, like Saul, we honestly repent of our sins and turn from our wicked ways and become obedient to the calling of God upon our lives. The problem is that our society now is incapable of identifying what is seen. This is Numa Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche. God bless you. Keep listening. It may even be politically incorrect to use the word sin, S-I-N. A preacher might be reprimanded for daring to preach a sermon along that line. In spite of all this, we still hope to win a few people to the Lord by our numerous social activities, which sometimes we are not even better at. Saul's defining moment was a drastic and noticeable transformation from being a Pharisaic Jew to being a Masonic Jew. That experience changed his world and that of others forever. As always, a personal encounter with the Messiah is an all-inspiring experience that cannot be contested. So I ask you, what's your experience since you believe? Following this defining moment, a once powerful and authoritative terrorist now completely humbled before his co-travelers laying helplessly on the dusty road of Damascus. These conditions sealed his fate and established his faith in Jesus Christ forever. He was never to remain the same. His transformation however, was never designed to deform, but to inform and to reform him. This is because real spiritual transformation happens in our state of vulnerability. 
Note that God is at work in all of these scenarios because he sees the bigger picture. Jesus Christ did not just intervene to stop Saul from his secular mission. Instead, he stopped Saul so as to commission him for the sacred commission. That is why when he became Paul, he was totally sold out to the mission of God. There are many lessons we can always learn from the Bible stories. The Bible is not just another story books, but it's a book full of stories that can change the life of anyone. When we take a critical look at Saul's experience, it is so easy to see the precept. First, he saw the light. Then he was struck, blinded, and he heard his name twice. For three days, he was in total darkness. During this time, he was instructed on what he must suffer. And note here too, not what he must enjoy. Some people think once you become a Christian, then it's hallelujah time. Then everything is cool. But I tell you the truth, it's just the beginning. And as a result of this encounter, God was doing what he needed to do in his life. God was interested in him because he was a person of interest, one to be used greatly in the kingdom of God, as we will see later in the epistles. God's call is without repentance. Was Paul ready for this? The answer is probably no. But God has a plan and he is in charge. God doesn't want excuses like in the case of Abraham, Moses, and others. He didn't want excuses. God just wants the job to be done. And that's it. Humanly speaking, it is so natural for us to want to argue with God, especially in a world that is defined by feasibility studies. We want to know before we start, but with God, he doesn't act that way. In God's economy, foolishness is profitable as he uses our foolishness to shame the wise. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 27, God said, he selected the world's foolish." To bring shame upon those who think they are wise. Likewise, he selected the world's weak to bring disgrace upon those who think they are strong. That is God's economy. He's so foolish, he's so stupid to the canal man. Abraham, who was to be called the father of nation, was very old by all standards, scientifically and biologically. And Moses was a murderer, a fugitive, a criminal with a speech disorder. And here we have Paul, a religious terrorist whose intention was to destroy Christians. But still, God chose these foolish things of this world to shame the wisdom of this world. And that's the God we're talking about. All of these people mentioned had personal encounter with God. They have a defining moment in their lives. Like Ananias, we ordinary Christians are divinely invited to demonstrate and project continuously extraordinary resolution 
and faithfulness to forgive and be sympathetic towards those who we consider as unbelievers around us today. This is our calling. For any Christian, the defining moment is so important if we are to be able to live an authentic Christian life within the community where we live, work, and play. Otherwise, we will become like the dodgy salesman who know nothing about the product he's selling, and yet he wants to sell, and yet he wants to sell that product. For you to be able to sell the gospel to the world, you should have tested the gospel for yourself. You cannot sell things you haven't tested so as to be able to speak from that position. So as to be able to speak from a position of knowledge, a position of understanding, a position that will give you that right to be able to sell the gospel. We all need these defining moments in our lives. We all need to know the heart of God. We all need to know the agenda of God. Saul was able to key in because he had this encounter and he knew the agenda of God for his life. And once that is done, he was unstoppable. Once he knew what God was about, no one could stop him. Nothing, not even persecution could stop him. He was just going and going totally sold out to God and you also my brother you also my sister could be unstoppable just like the apostle Paul but first you must have this defining moment first you must meet Jesus at the cross first you must understand what Jesus is made of and what his mission is for the world and what Jesus means for the whole of his creation in those defining moments, we can hear God calling our names audibly and, and sometimes silently too. It doesn't matter because God does not follow patterns. He does not do things the way that people may expect. God have his own way. He does things his own way. What matters is our ability to actively engage and to listen to what he has to say. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you once again for as many that has listened to this podcast. And I pray, God, that you will bless them with these words, Lord. Lord, as many that are struggling to know their position in you, I ask, oh Lord, that you visit them in such a supernatural way. Father God, open brand new doors of experience to your people today. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide. Where all the At the cross, at the cross, I surrender.
Thank you for listening to the NUMA podcast. This has been the Reverend Michael Angeli Oguche. I pray that God will richly bless you until I come your way again.